Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. Hi guys, Joanne here. So welcome back to the series, Scholarship to Entrepreneurship, African Students Creating Opportunities in China. So let's have a quick recap of where we have been. We heard from Gael in Cameroon. We heard from Kiswalo from Tanzania. Then we heard from Zazu, a South African. And today you're going to hear from Nude. He is an Ethiopian and he is studying here in China. So here's a little bit of information about Nude. He is 22 years old, and he is the co-founder of A to C, Africa to China. He lives in Nanjing, where he's studying software engineering at the Nanjing University of Aeronautics and Astronautics. And A to C aims to bridge the gap between the small and medium-sized businesses in Africa and China. So... I'm really excited for you to listen in to this really fantastic discussion that I had with Newt. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this episode. Okay, bye for now. Hello, Newt. Hi, Joanne. How are you? Welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Oh, yes, yeah, my absolute pleasure. So, Newt. Yeah. We're going to have a really interesting discussion this evening about, about you and your business and your country. I'm really excited to talk to you, actually, because um, your business is, is quite established. I mean, compared to some other student entrepreneurs. So um, I'm really keen to find out all about how you got this venture started. Yeah, thank you so much. First, I would like to say thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I mean, uh uh, I like the content on your podcast, like giving African entrepreneurs, especially in, in China, the exposure to connect with the people back home. And just thank you for giving us this platform. It really means yeah. a lot. And, Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. Uh-huh. So first, tell me a little bit about um, where you're from. You're from Ethiopia. Are you from the capital? Correct. So I'm from Ethiopia, mm -hmm. a beautiful country uh, located in the eastern side of Africa, in the Horn of Africa. So I lived in a couple places. I'm originally from the northern state of Tigray in Ethiopia, but I, I've lived half of my life in the capital as well, Addis Ababa. Okay. And you come from a very big family? Uh, quite big, yes, yes. Quite big. Okay. So what was it like for you growing up in back home? Uh, growing up, a lot of love, I would say. Oh, you know, quite big family, a lot of people. We always love. We love each other. We're pretty close. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that was it. And I used to travel a lot growing up. I was going mm -hmm. from city to city. I changed about seven uh, schools just oh, wow. finishing high school. So yeah, like uh, quite being sociable, trying to pick up some languages and everything. Yeah, so that's how I was brought up. Is that because of your parents? Your parents had a job that you had to move around a lot? Uh, uh, not really. Uh, my parents had 
businesses that were established in like in two parts of Ethiopia, which is uh, one is in the northern state that I just said, and the other one is in the capital. But the real reason wasn't actually that. Uh, I I had to move one for, um, I have a kidney stone. So, you know, I was traveling, living in two different uh, places, you know, getting the hospitals and others from the biggest city. And then I would say, let's go back to the northern side of Ethiopia because I really love that place as well. So it was just back and forth, you know. Right, right. So what do you miss most about home? Other oh, I, than your family? Other than your family? I miss everything, the weather, the food, uh, mm-hmm. the people, you know, like uh, one thing I noticed once I came to China and then went back home for vacation was the love. Just, you know, people hugging me, people like oh. <laughs> laughing all the time and everything. Yeah, I really miss that. Like, you know, that connection, the human connection. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I can understand that. So how did you end up coming over here to China? Uh, yeah, coming to China, it was it was kind of random, but it really wasn't because the, the, for the first time, my friend was like, hey, I think we should go to, to China. And I actually wasn't, I wasn't interested in going to America or Canada where most of my friends went. Mm-hmm. So I was just, yeah, sure. But then, uh, you know, my, my parents had Chinese friends. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they, we would talk. We would start talking after that. And I was, I was getting really interested in China. And the other aspect of it, I, I'm into technology. So I knew how China was just booming uh, in the aspect of technology. So I was like, I have to get a piece of that, you know. So I just mm. coming here. Yeah. Wow. So you applied and here you are. Correct. Okay. So what has your experience been for the past? You've been here in China now. This is your fourth year, right? Yes. So what have your experiences been here as a student studying? Um, the experiences, it's really great. It's really great because coming from a very different uh, environment, you see Ethiopia, uh, it's, it's quite different from what I'm seeing in China. Right. Uh, you know, the capital cities, they all have the same feeling, the same kind of things. But as I told you, since I was just moving around, I know a little bit deeper into what Ethiopia is. And coming here, uh, China is, you know, coming to the big cities. I was just like, wow, I really loved it. And being a student here, uh, to be honest, even though the, the, the education system wasn't as good as what I expected, but it was generally, it was really nice. You know, the people, it's, it's really cool. And there are a lot of African students here. So that's also a plus. Right. Really loving it, yeah. Okay, so now tell us about where you are studying and exactly what you are studying. Uh, I came to a city called Nanjing in China. Mm-hmm. Nanjing is, it's close to Shanghai. So it's more like the eastern southeastern side of China mm-hmm. and I came here there, there there are a lot of universities the specific university I came to is Nanjing University of Aeronautics and Astronautics mm-hmm. yeah it's one of the biggest uh, universities in China and it's well known so I was really excited to be here you know yeah yeah and you how do you find your course how have you found it has it been really challenging not really like uh, Coming here, I thought it was going to be challenging and I loved it because, you know, that, that challenge. And I, I, I used to love, like, you know, learning, sitting in class and just, you know, the, the, when the teacher is good, when they know how to do, uh, you, uh, how to motivate the students, I was mm. really into that. And then when I came here, as I said, it wasn't quite as good as I thought. So that was that was a little bit of downside, but... Yeah, the school, the infrastructures, the facilities, everything was there. So it was really nice. But in the school side, yeah, maybe a couple of things that disappointed me. But yeah, that's Mm. it. And Mm. you're studying, it's systems engineering, right? Software engineering, yeah. Software engineering. Okay, so for those of us that are not tech savvy, what exactly does that entail? In layman's terms, what does that entail? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, writing codes to communicate with computers, I would say, in the easiest form. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. All right, good. So 
now let's talk a little bit about your business, the exciting stuff. So tell me a little bit about your business, exactly what it is, and then we can get into the story of how, how it started. Okay, yeah. So the business, uh, it's called ATOC, A-T-O-C, okay. for Africa to China. Okay. So yeah, we call it ATOC. And it's a B2B platform that uh, connects small and medium-sized businesses from Africa to China. You okay. know, the, the buyers, the clients, uh, the people that have demands from Africa and their suppliers in China and vice versa, actually. So it's uh, we have platforms like uh, websites and uh, applications that mm -hmm. help this trading business to be easier and more optimized. Yeah, so we're using platforms and technology to enhance the trading uh, connection between China and Africa. Mm, interesting. And how how did this come about? Where did the idea come from? Uh, it's quite interesting because uh, the idea, um, you know, after I came here, I told you about how how I was enjoying the, the classes, to be honest. And uh, I had a classmate and uh, he, he, his name is Abdi. He's from Kenya. So we were just talking one day and uh, I was trying to, you know, learning on my own. That's how I learned how to code and everything. So I was just learning how to code and I found the, the spec that I really loved in the other spec, what, which I didn't quite enjoy as, as the first one, you know. So I'm more into the designing and developing the front end side, which means the interactive side, right? Mm -hmm. I was just asking him about the, the back end side and I would see how, how passionate he is about that side. And I just told him, like, I think we should just start collaborating more and doing some more stuff. And he was really open to it. And we started talking. And then we said, hey, we should start a business here. Oh, in boy. <laughs> yeah. And it should be something about Africa. And to be honest, what we saw was, you know, my expectation about his passion and his skills was just not even as close as what he was able to do. And I hope he saw the same in me because he just fast-tracked from there. And to get specific about this A-talk, uh, the idea was we were just sitting down. And at first, we just we made an um, e-commerce website. We, made, we were trying to make a um, music streaming uh, uh, application as well. But then Abdi started saying, we saw uh, a news on the news that China gave some 60 billion aid to Africa or something. And we were like, wow, the trading is just booming. There's no stopping from here. And then that's when we started talking, like, what can we do to to really utilize? Like, we, we have to do something about this because a lot of people from back home ask us to buy them something from China to mm. buyers for them and everything. So we were like, we're actually, this is what we're supposed to do from, from, from the start, not <laughs> music streaming or e-commerce or something, just let's just do this. And that's how it started, yeah. It's really, really interesting. Oh, okay. So it's you and your 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 friend, you said his name was Abdi? Abdi, Nur Abdi. Okay, okay, and you and him started it together? Yes, he's, he's the co-founder of ATOC, yeah. Okay, I see. And it's obviously grown from there because you have a team now, right? Exactly, yes. Okay, so when did you start the actual? When when did you start the business? Like legally, when did you start the business? Uh, we started the business legally. We we had our license and like within this month, we had it. We had like the the legal side, size. Uh, so what we were trying to do was at first, uh, uh there were a lot of challenges, the mm. starting. And since we both are software engineers and we both just love codes, what we first did was. You know, after we, we had this talk, we started coding the next hour. We mm -hmm. literally started writing codes before even coming up with the name. Just we just we just wrote all the idea we had. We were just talking about how it functions and we just started writing codes. Mm. And we've been doing all this long, about close to a year now. All we've been doing was uh, trying to see if people are more open to using this kind of services. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the software side came a lot faster than the, the naming or the getting the legal things done in China because that, that side was a bit harder for us. 
So we just focus mm. on the software, building the product, and yeah. So, but now it's more of we're legally we have the the business. We're open to start, and yeah, we're we're starting operations. So, can you explain to us a little bit about the process of actually starting a business here in China? Because your business is registered here in China. So, mm. how what is that process like? Would you mind talking to us a little bit about that? Sure, sure.、Um, so,、uh, I wasn't. We weren't lucky enough to know someone that did it before us, so that they could help us.、Mm. But actually,、uh, down the road, we were lucky enough to find、uh, like-minded people here in China.、Mm. So the process is it's a it's a simple, easy process, and it's way faster than what we thought. But since、uh, the the biggest challenge is the language, right? You have right. To, you have to understand the the legal things, the all aspects before you start jumping into having the license of、uh, here in China. So、mm. we just wanted to to find that person or that company that would help us with all that that stuff. But the real、uh, procedure is at first you just you have your business, you have your idea, business plan, and everything. So you just you just submit your documents. Whether you're,、uh, you have the privilege to open a business in China will be will be given to you by the bureau, and、mm. then from there it's just it's just a smooth process. But as I said, it's a bit harder if、uh, you don't have people or Chinese people that know the process really well, because it can get tricky for foreigners, and there are a lot of horrifying、uh, news about foreigners getting into a lot of tricky stuff. So we were just you know holding back from. That side and focusing more on the business. So, who was helping you with that? The, uh, the... Yeah, the a company, a consulting company. We got in contact with them, and we were actually working as software engineers for them for for some time. I and see. And they believed in our、uh, idea. They 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 saw the product. They really loved it. They believed in everything we were doing, and so they they even gave us you know a lot of a、uh, lot of support. And、mm. space to work with, you know, a lot of stuff. So we're just grateful that we had those people on our on our side, and without their help, it would it would have been even harder. So, yeah, that's how we started. Okay, and you have a team now, right? Yes, yes. So, how many members are there on your team, and what are the different roles that everybody plays? So the team has about eight people now. You have eight people.、Uh, It's me, my co-founder, and that, so we have the tech guys. So、mm-hmm. my founder is the、uh, the CTO of the company, and we have most of them are operations because you know, as trading from China to Africa, we need people.、Uh, when people say Africa, the、uh, most most、uh, Chinese I would say think it's a country, but we all know fifty four different countries, so fifty four different laws, rules, regulations, and everything. Yes.、Yeah. So But、what we did was we started on a niche market, and we just focused on East Africa for now. So Tanzania, Kenya, and Ethiopia.、Mm-hmm. So Croatian people there, and we have our marketing manager here in China and in for Africa who who's doing the international marketing, and that's those are the roles we have in the in the startup now. Okay. Okay. And were there any other challenges that you that you faced, sort of in those initial stages of like the registration and and whatnot? Was there anything else? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I'd say is,、um, mostly when people say I want to, as an entrepreneur, I want to、uh, start my own business.、Mm. Well, we know it's not an easy task, but you're hoping that. Most of the things would be easy coming from the the government side. I mean, you need you need a lot of help with with the、uh, with ta- tax, a lot of help with、uh, you know understanding startup.、Yeah. That's the thing that was a little bit hard in China. Just to name a few, you, we would get asked not for the business side, but for a lot of other opportunities. As a startup, we would get asked for a master's degree. They would tell us, if you have a master's degree, you can do this. If you have a PhD, you can do this. But as an undergrad, it's a lot harder to even、mm. do to even do to get opportunity on those fields. So it was a bit hard, you know. It's it's a bit hard. So 
I would, we would really appreciate it if it was a little bit open on that side, but I'm sure they have good enough reasons. So, you know, we're just trying to play with what we have. Yeah, for sure. And you didn't face any hurdles because you were students. Are you on this on student visa or the student, uh, I'm sorry, the entrepreneurship visa or? So even the, the entrepreneurship visa, you need a master's degree. And mm. actually, I'd like to congratulate uh, uh, my friend, He's also named Abdi from, from Kenya. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the first uh, person to, to receive the entrepreneurship visa here in Nanjing. Mm. So, yeah, we know, we know we have connections to the people that are doing this stuff. So we have the, we have the information on how to, how to get it. So it's just, you know, that degree or uh, master's, those papers really have a big value in China. So, right. Those are the, the things they keep ticking. Like, do you have masters? Did you did you do good in school? Those are the things you have to tick to be considered as an entrepreneur or to be considered as someone who's able to do something. So I hope that would that would change. You know? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Everybody needs an opportunity. Whether you're a high school student, primary school, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's the main reason why people as entrepreneurs, people open to do challenging stuff is because others couldn't do it so if we keep uh, you know uh putting these people into boxes it would be a mm. lot harder for them to explore more or you know get get more exposure and what about the cost you guys had to pay for that yourself or was that something you paid the consultants and they took care of all of that for you uh we had to pay for we had to pay for the registration and everything. And as I said, the company actually gave us a little bit of time to, mm -hmm. they bought us time and they, they were able to lend us money. Yeah. So we're, we're so lucky to have that, but yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, pay to play kind of game here. Mm, interesting. Okay. So now let's get into the crust of the matter. What exactly are sort of the operations how does your business work what are you i mean i know it's it's business to business right it's a business to business platform but how does it actually function so it's kind of like walk us through the steps okay that's actually a great question and that's where we always focus on mm. because we believe we can we can make uh the, uh, there are a lot of chinese um platforms that try to do this but the main reason we want to focus on africa is because we want to make it a little bit easier and uh, we want to uh, shift the focus from from just doing the e-commerce thing to the businesses that really need help from Africa, right? Mm. So talk about how the the uh, the um, platforms really work. Uh, let's say you're a client from Africa, coming from Africa to China. Mm -hmm. First and biggest thing we believe in here is it's information. That's what people really lack. Mm. So, I don't know if you know this, a lot of uh, businesses, um, and we did a lot of survey with people, we had questionnaires online and people would just fill it in and send it to us before we even started most of most of our stuff. Mm. And the thing is, most people don't have information about what China is really capable of, and the Chinese side doesn't really know what Africa is capable of. So you can see there are two giant markets that kind of doesn't understand each other, right? They don't understand each other. So the mm. Chinese market is on the faster pace, uh, more information, thanks to the technology and platforms that exist. But the African side was lacking all that. So what we, the first and biggest pillar of our business is information sharing. So mm. any business from Africa that comes to China currently, to give you a context on how things happen, People tell, uh, say, I, I went to Guangzhou and did this, this, this. So someone would just take that information to come here. They don't really do, they don't have much of information about how to do it, what languages these people are speaking. You know, it's a bit harder. So they just check, uh, taking their chances. So the biggest is information. So once you go to the platforms, you'll see a list of companies that, that have different kinds of uh, products. And we mm -hmm. shift the focus from the products into the companies to make it a business-to-business -business transaction. But the other biggest feature I would say is 
once you go uh, to, to our company, you don't have to uh, platform, you don't have to really register or log in mm -hmm. to see companies to get the information. So that's just easier for people to just use it as, as, as it is. But you can post your own demands saying, uh, okay, I couldn't find a company that's, that really suits my needs. So if you could just find me this needs. So you just post it there. And we have an automated backend that just connects you with the with the company that's doing that might uh, have uh, the supplies for your demand. So it just automated and it, it keeps connecting demands and supplies in real time. So those are just one of the things our clients have been loving so far. So yeah, that's the, those are the biggest features I would say. Okay, so just to make sure I have this right in my head, if I'm, this is only, who's who's signing up? Is it just people in Africa? Uh, both. Uh, companies On both in, sides? Uh, yeah, in China and buyers. Okay, and are they focused in a specific industry? Uh, not really. Uh, yeah. We, we uh, as a startup, we uh, focus on five biggest industries, but it doesn't really matter because uh, the, the reason we do this is because we studied the African market and the Chinese market, how many things are being sold per year from Africa, from China to Africa. So according to that data, we just have this five big industries, but it doesn't matter. If, if you want to sign up, you're, you're, you can sign up anytime, as long as you have a licensed business. Right, okay. And are you targeting SMEs, startups, or established, well-known businesses, large businesses? We want to help small and medium-sized businesses. Okay. But, I mean, the field is there for everybody to play. But if you're especially a small or medium-sized business, since you don't have enough resources to come to China or go elsewhere to explore and, you know, pick whichever you want, you have one shot. Mostly, you don't even have enough expense to, to come to China and then buy for hotels, transportations, go everywhere and then get your own middleman. It's just too hectic and it's too tiring and it, it's not optimized. So we are helping the small and medium-sized businesses, but big enterprises are open to sign up and use it as well. It's open for everyone. Okay. okay. And since you're targeting both all of the African continent and all of China, what languages are the is the platform in? So to start with, uh, our our website is only available in in English right right now, which is we're working to make it uh, available in French, Swahili, Amharic, and uh, Chinese as well. Mandarin. In Mandarin, yes, and uh, our our Android application is currently available in Chinese, in Mandarin, and in English. Mm. But the the the, um, the languages we're we're aware of the the market in Africa and China since most people like to use their own language so we're adopting to that as well slowly. Okay, mm -hmm. so what is the experience like? So how? Okay, well before I ask that question, how do people find out about you? How do they find out that there's a platform that's available to help them do business to business transactions? Between, with between China and the African continent. Yeah, great. So they can they can download our ATOC application from the Google Play Store or any Chinese store uh, for Android. Huawei, mm -hmm. Tencent Store, Oppo, Vivo, uh, all that. And our website is atocafrica.com. Mm -hmm. So we have atocafrica.com. If you go to atocafrica.com, you can see the trading platform where there are, uh, we have companies listed there. We have demands. We have we have a lot of stuff going. You really should go and check it out because it it feels as big as Alibaba or made in China at this point. So yeah. Mm. And so you do outreach because I mean, if how how do people know where to find you? Like I understand your website and so on, but do you do marketing? Are you building relationships with associations? How do people know that there is this platform available? Yes. Yeah, so we've been patiently waiting for our uh, licenses. And uh, one of the things that was holding us back a little bit was license for application in China, which wasn't really easy for foreigners to have. Mm. So once we had that, we just opened for advertisement right now. And we're advertising on social media such as Instagram, Facebook, um, Telegram, WhatsApp, 
and you know all those social medias twitter as well so we are starting to advertise on a bigger scale and we have more plans to to even take it scale it into a much bigger uh scale so yeah okay so i find out about you so let's say i am from hmm, equatorial guinea okay Nice. So I'm from Equatorial Guinea and I find out about your platform and I go on it and I think, oh, okay, this is cool. Let's say I am a, what kind of, let's say I'm a trading company, like a, a shipping company, for example, just a small, a small shipping company. And I ship, bet, you know, between ECOWAS, the Economic Cooperation of West African States, for example. Mm. And I want to, I'm growing, and of course, you know, the Chinese presence is strong in Africa. So I want to get into trade with China. And let's say I'm targeting, uh, let's say that it's, mm, what kind of industry? Let's say it's, let's say it's rubber or something, some like raw material. I don't know mm. how I, I get onto your website. So what do I do? Do I sign up? sign up for free then i put all my details and i put what i'm looking for i create a profile and the people can find me or do i search for particular companies in china that i want to work with like what is this sort of user profile experience like once i get on the platform and do i have to pay or is it free and yeah nice question nice question. yeah I, i've got a lot of questions <laughs> very, very nice yeah keep them coming <laughs> So uh, for this business, there are two ways of doing the, what what you just said. And uh, the first one is you can you can be a supplier on mm -hmm. our platform. Mm -hmm. So if you have a company license, if you're a registered company mm -hmm. from where in Africa or China or anywhere else, what you can do is you can you will have to register as a company. Mm. Now, let, but for your question, I think you're more you said in the client side or in the user. Yeah. On the on the yeah. on the buyer side. Okay, mm -hmm. so what, what you do is you can go to our platform. It's it's completely free. Mm -hmm. What you do is you can see a lot of companies that sell whatever you're looking for, mm -hmm. suppliers, distributors, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to point out here that we have a bigger connection in China up to, and we can we can supply up to three million connections to companies and suppliers in China. So our Chinese side has been very, very strong. And it's since we've been doing it offline, like this uh, company outreach, supplier outreach, it's really, it's, we have a really big database of Chinese suppliers. So mm. what you is you can find companies there. But if not, what you can do is you can post your demands on our platform for right. the companies to find you now. Okay. So you know, if you don't have enough time to, to look for companies, or if you're the type of person to just uh, post your need, we will contact the 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 the, uh, the system. The platform will contact the uh, suppliers that you have this kind of demand, and it will keep feeding you a list of suppliers. And then you can go with whoever is suitable for you. You can chat with them, you can talk with them, you can do business from there. So it's up completely free up till this point. Mm, so then how do you how do you plan to make money then make a profit like what's your business model are you going to once a deal is done or or there's been a relationship and something actually happens do you then take a fee okay so uh, uh there are a couple ways of uh revenue generation for our company mm -hmm. so the, the 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 first one is uh it's not actually money it's the law we're we're kind of looking for the long run and it's of the course. of companies that we're building I so see. yeah we can advertise your company on our platform we can we can just do a lot of uh advertising for companies or maybe what we can do is we can put you on the first page if we uh if you're proven to have a very good quality for let's say um your company is located in tanzania mm -hmm. and uh, uh a lot of people from Tanzania buy it. So for the Tanzanian users, we would like to push your company more. We would give your company more exposure to that side of the country so that they can, you know, get more exposure to you and get connected with you. So this is one of the, the, the um, money generating uh, sources we have. Yeah. The others are 
we also have offline agent services, which is a premium service. Mm. Uh, after companies uh, find other companies, which is B2B, right? So mm-hmm. the find other businesses in China. Right now, this is only launched in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens is when they want to come here and buy, there's inspection things. There's, uh, there's a lot of things uh, associated with the logistics, sending yeah. stuff from here to Africa. And we yes. don't want people to go through all that. So if, uh, which is not free for the inspection and others, if you want even more added serv- ser- services, we can also, and we have agents, our own agents, uh, which are in training right now. We, we train our own agents, which you can meet and they can help you in your day-to-day businesses. Uh, oh, I see. So you actually provide additional business services as well at a cost. Uh, yeah, additional services. I see. So there's two ways that you're generating income at the, at the moment. Yes. And I'm assuming with time, you'll add more services depending on what the direction the business is going in. Definitely, definitely. There are more things to, to, to come in the future. But yeah, startup, we're trying to focus more on uh, keeping our demand and our customers really happy with whatever they're doing. And uh, that's the things we've been getting is just, it's, uh, it's uh, the feedback is very, very good. People yeah. are actually using it. So we're just focusing on what the, the users actually want, what the customer really needs. So once we we make sure that we are uh, comfortable enough to 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 sustain this this uh, platform we have and these services we have, we'll definitely keep growing with more features and more uh, services, which are going to be way easier, more faster, and exciting. Yeah, and I'm brief. You said um, I think this was before we got on the call. You said that you're expanding now. Do you want to tell? the audience where you're expanding into like w- once you sort of get out of China in Africa which countries yeah so uh, for now we're we're uh, concentrating on Ethiopia Kenya and Tanzania mm-hmm. but we want to go to the West Africa South Africa and just we, we really want to expand our business and uh, uh, as you said before the call, I told you how we are opening. We're trying to open offices in these countries, and mm-hmm. especially uh, Tanzania, South Africa, Ethiopia, Kenya, and then mm. we're also uh, trying to get connected more with the Western side, the Central. We just want to expand more. Uh, that's going to be uh, which one comes first will depend on the adapt, uh, how the market will adapt to our platform and how strategically we move with that. It's going to be a bit of what's going to come next, but we really have the intentions to expand more into into different sites of Africa and not just with East Africa. Okay, and you mentioned earlier that you've got a massive database with, with all of your connections here in China. How did you guys manage to, to, to do that so well, successfully? Yeah, the, the 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 database is with the connections we've been having in China. So uh, as I said, we've been doing a little bit of uh, business ourselves, since people from back home ask a lot of questions about like, can you please find me this type of supplier? Can you find me this type of supplier? And what we would do is we'd just go to Alibaba and then contact the suppliers. Yeah. But as we all know, um, uh, Alibaba or the other platforms that already exist were never built for uh, at least the African audience in mind. Mm. So once we wanted to to really serve this market, the African market and Chinese market, connecting this both, we have been doing, uh, before even coming up with the name, what we've been doing is we've been just contacting a lot of uh, companies and uh, people who are professional in this area in China. So yeah. we've been ex- we've been doing crazy networking with people in China, and uh, we've been having more exposure to the to the uh, and understanding about the Chinese market. Sure. So it's just networking. We've been networking on a on a bigger level, and now mm. we just want since since this looks like it's working, and we want to ensure and we want more people by using marketing. We want more people to use it and 
if it's as successful as we want it to be and in a small, shorter time, we would like to do what the networking we're doing in China, we'd like to copy and paste it in Africa as well. We want to have a, the biggest database in Africa. Hmm, interesting. Is that your 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 long-term girl goal? Uh, our long-term goal is to uh, really um, to motivate African companies to 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 be self-dependent on what they're doing. Because, as mm. we all know, Africa is a huge continent. But uh, if you look at the stats, uh, most of the things we use are really imported from other countries and mm -hmm. we believe we don't have to do that like i mean uh we have everything we need to produce and to sell the market is big enough even yeah. for ourselves to just sell it from each other so one of our biggest and uh in the long run one of the biggest things we want to do is uh not everybody has to come to china to buy the things they're buying right now maybe the the demands in ethiopia can be fulfilled by the suppliers in Kenya. Maybe Absolutely. the Kenya yeah. can be found, the suppliers can be found in South Africa. So we just that's, want to yeah. build that inner network within yeah. Africa. That That's our long-term goal. That's what I was going to ask you next. I mean, it looks like you're also facilitating a process to make it easier for Africans to trade with each other. And this would be coming off of the backdrop of um, the AFTA free trade agreement as well, which is supposed to make it easier for Africans to, to trade, you know, the African free continental free trade agreement, mm -hmm. but this is obviously online, but it sounds like you're also not just with China, but you're also facilitating a trade process amongst Africans, which is true. Great. True. Yeah. Uh, which uh, what we're doing is right now, it's not only open for African, uh, I mean, Chinese uh, suppliers, it's open for African suppliers as well. And it's, yeah, it's free and all they have to do is just register and just get get their uh, get their products onto our platform which yeah. can sell it to other Africans so yeah. our and you, you mentioned a free trade zone in Africa which was one of the biggest things uh, that just motivated us mm. uh, midway while, while we were doing this because uh, I was I was checking some things and uh, I saw a fact that says it's actually way cheaper to transport something from a port in U.S. to one country in Africa. And it's way, way higher if you want to take one thing from the Ghanaian port, I think, to the Mombasa or the Kenyan port. And that fact was just, I was just, what? Like, it doesn't make sense, right? So mm. we to want to optimize the inner network of Africa where Africans buy from Africans and Africans sell to Africans. The market is big enough. We just have to get started. Yeah, right now Africans trade more with Europe than they do with each other. True, true. And that's a shame. But also it's the same thing with travel. Like, you know, if you want to get from Ethiopia to Ghana, there's no direct flight. You probably have to go to UAE mm -hmm. or somewhere in Europe first. And then you fly into to Accra or whatever. So it's it's very, um, it's like a balkanized situation, you know, it's very disjointed. But I think um, obviously what you're trying to build is, is working to improving that. You know what I was thinking about as you were speaking? Um, so much of the relationship between Africa and China now is government to government, particularly uh, via Belt and Road, the Belt and Road Initiative, mm -hmm. which is all about infrastructure and whatnot. But I think what you're doing is kind of like the next level beyond government, like you're doing business to business now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was just wondering if if that's kind of the next stage, because so much of the development and then there's the people to people stage, because I, I just think so much of the relationship between Africa and China now is it just seems to be Belt and Road and infrastructure projects, you know, trains, railroads hospitals, schools, etc. So do you feel like this is sort of the next stage of the Africa-China economic relationship, business to business? Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, we we all know how, how significant trade is between, uh, between two different even countries. This is just, we're even talking about a continent, mm. Africa, and then one of the biggest countries in the world, which is China. So mm. the Will definitely just and not only in the in the economy, but also the 
politics and uh, you know just like you said the people to people if there's if the trade is strong enough and uh, if it's if it's fast enough and it's more exciting if we're using technology to our advantage definitely this will just be a great help and we are strong believers in that yeah and what do you think generally is the future of the africa china relationship which is quite topical at the moment on both sides on the chinese side and on the african side uh i, I would say um i would really say china is one of africa's best friend <laughs> i would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. And, uh one thing I, i would like to say is most of the initiatives that mm-hmm. come forward to as an aid or something that's just helpful for the world or even for Africa they're mostly being pushed by the governments of China, Russia, US or the others and not a single thing as big as what these people are talking about let's say such as uh, one belt one road they're not mm-hmm. being pushed by africans and that really just hurts uh, to 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 see because we have we're capable of so much but mm-hmm. thing is really happening on the government level so for the question you said about trade if we actually started giving the freedom uh, in, in, for people to trade if it's easier enough if it's the information is there i definitely think uh the people can move whatever the governments could could never just touch so mm-hmm. by giving the the power to the to the to the businesses by giving the power to the people I'm sure we can see a lot of uh, fast-paced uh, developments in Africa as well, so that we don't have to wait for China to do something for Africa, or it just feels like these other countries are uniting us and not our own, uh, you know, governments or maybe the people, you know. So I think trade is going to play a very, very big role here. Yeah, you know, I, I, one of the things that's actually happening. Um, there's so many, the, the Africa-China relationship is really nuanced, you know, it's really layered, it's really complicated. But I think one of the many benefits of the students, Af- different African students coming here to China, is that the African students are actually working together themselves. So China is actually helping to, to almost solidate the Africa-Africa relationships, if that makes sense. Because so many African students are here and you all meet each other. And you all end up starting businesses together and working together and being at the same events together and you become friends. And I think, you know, that's that's great because that doesn't always happen. It's very normal to be from Ethiopia and never had met anybody from, say, I don't know, South Africa True. or to be in South Africa and never had met anybody from Algeria. Like that's quite normal or even closer. You could you could live in Angola and never met somebody from, I don't know, Zambia or 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 anywhere you know that's just how it is sometimes but by coming here you know a lot of the the way the system works here is chinese the chinese students tend to study on their own, on their own and the and the international students study together so you've got all these african caribbean asian kids but particularly the african students you all work together and you're all getting to know each other so you're all building these relationships and starting businesses and then you're going back home and you're facilitating that exchange as well so i think that's really interesting true true definitely and uh, yeah just like you said uh, what what happens once we we leave the motherland to and come mm-hmm. maybe America yeah. or or china or somewhere else we just start you know uh, working together understanding yeah. and i have a lot of uh, friends from ghana i have a lot of friends uh, from uh, tanzania kenya even Nigeria, yeah. South Africa. So it's just what you said really makes sense because we're actually working together once we come here and that that is, you know, pushing us to to, to a better future. And now yeah. you see we're, we're talking about a trading platform and I heard your uh, interview with uh, with uh, Kizwalo from Tanzania mm-hmm. which is he's doing a very very just very good job in in the school biz right school yeah. biz terms mm-hmm. yeah and with his platform even like students can can just connect with each other and then it's it's what you just said like we 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 start working together as africans or we have that connection that we would never have if we were back home or it's just it's, it's amazing yeah i mean one could easily argue oh well you know 
when you go to the UK or France or the US or Canada or Australia, um, you meet each other too. But I think there is a different dynamic when you're in the West versus when you're in China. Mm-hmm. And I was actually having this conversation with someone. And I think because that's just simply the relationship that Africa has with the West is very different to the relationship that Africa has with China. The Africa-China relationship is quite new. You know, it's still developing. People are still trying to figure out how they want to work with China. <laughs> I think the Chinese are still figuring out how, I think on both sides there's, you know, whereas the Africa-Europe relationship is quite long and it's it, there's a lot of history there and it's mm-hmm. different. So I think that also creates a different dynamic here versus say, if you were all in a university in the UK or something, you know, it's true, different. True. Yeah, and uh, there's, there's like going to US or Europe, Canada, there's like a preconceived notion that you already have and you know what to expect once you go there. Just like you said, there's yeah. a history. So when yeah. you come to China, China is more more of uh, the business center or the, the tech mm-hmm. center. So when you come here, you're just coming for a goal to work or do something. So yeah. definitely, definitely. And the diaspora communities are very established in the West. So if you're from Ethiopia and you move to the U.S., all you have to do is go to Maryland and Virginia and you're you're back in Ethiopia again, you know, <laughs> you know, like and, and it's like if you're in the UK, that that's not a big deal for somebody from like Nigeria or Ghana or Kenya, because there's so many people there already from those countries. But that history doesn't particularly exist with China. Everything is new. Everything is different. So it's it's a different kind of dynamic. I think that's happening. Yeah. But um, I want to ask you two final questions, right? Um, what do you think that um, students like yourself who are interested in starting businesses here need to do to be successful in China? And success is defined differently for everybody. So, yeah, what do you think? Mm, I would is say... There a form, is there a formula? Uh, not really. I don't think <laughs> for success. <laughs> I yeah. don't think there is a simple formula. Even if there is a formula, I don't think it's 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 simple or as fast as what people would say. Yeah. Uh, I don't consider myself successful yet, but uh, even to get to the point where I am right now to establish mm. a business in China, mm-hmm. I know the things I had to do or the 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 mistakes that taught me or you know all the things the the dynamics of just having a good days and sometimes the bad days, how they contribute. Mm. So what I would say to a student in China to have a business and not just China, but I think one of the key, uh, okay, if we say formula is, you know, to stay strong and think, think, uh, think for the future, like mm. playing the long game really helps, I would say. Mm. Mm. Because, uh, most people actually are playing the short game Mm. I've heard a lot of people really complaining about how social media is playing that, you know, everything, Mm -hmm. everybody needs something like instantly. They just want to Google something or that. I don't think it's uh, like, yeah, I know the social media is playing all this bad bad roles, but I think we can also use it to to have a better future, to understand Mm -hmm. each other. We can mm. use social media or podcasts just like yours to, you see, we, we are understanding people can see what I'm doing and then maybe get motivated or start their own business in their own way. So yeah. just looking forward and getting the information about what people are doing and playing the long game really plays a huge role, I would say. Yes. I think there are people who would be surprised that you just said that because you are 21. 22 right now. 22, sorry, sorry, 22. And they're probably thinking, wow, he's 22 and he's talking about playing the long game, you know, because so when you're, when I think the stereotype is that younger people don't want to take their time, they don't, they don't want, they're not in it for the long haul. And I think maybe that's something that started with the millennial generation, like they got a bad rap. So uh-huh. people assume, okay, well, if you're younger, they just want to jump around. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to put in the work. They don't want to set a foundation. But you're actually saying the opposite of that. You've got to be yeah. in it for the long haul. If yeah, you want any success. Yeah, for for uh, success, it's just sometimes I would say, um, if you want something just as f- fast, very fast, like mm-hmm. instantly, that's actually a disrespect to the people that that had to do it for years. Because mm. actually saying, 
I have something that they don't have that I can just make it in a day or in a year even. So when mm-hmm. I see long game, it's it's just probably a decade. That's what I'm looking forward to. And yeah. not a year or two years. And yeah, <laughs> one last thing I would say for the success part you said is I really knowing where you came from really helps because mm. say being as an African, I don't have the privilege just like the others, let's say, uh, out say I came to China and mm. I can see a lot of people having fun, but I don't give myself that privilege to have as much fun as them because I feel like they've finished their homework already. So mm. that like, my generation has been given a homework to finish that, that's been given by our ancestors. So I feel like there, there are things we have to do and knowing where we came from, just because we came, we went to America or Canada just because our lives are better now doesn't mean we just have to to just blend in and like you know we 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 never have to forget where we came from so i would mm. add one more note to that mm. and when you say they've already done their homework you mean that well i'll let you explain what do you mean by that they've already done their homework what are you referring to so uh, what i'm referring to is mostly uh, what i see in the uh, i'd say in, in, in the in the african community that comes here Mm-hmm. Having a lot of fun, you know, like uh, there's a bit, uh, there's a saying from back home. Uh, it's in, uh, it's in the uh, Tigrinya language. It says, uh, It means like, uh, like if I'm literally going to take it to English, it means dance as much as you want, but don't forget that you have something to do, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when people come here, they get distracted mm. because this is just, uh, even though China is a third world country, but it's they have a really fast development and they have really nice places that look like New York or LA or just, you know, they mm-hmm. just, they have really nice uh, cities. So when, once we start coming here, we just see this and we don't want to go back home or we just forget where we came from. We just mm-hmm. feel like, hey, I'm, I'm going to just be here because life is good now. But I don't think that's a good thing to do because... Uh, we're sent here, just like I said, we have a homework to finish. Mm. So people got here, you know, with their own uh, blood, sweat, and tears. That's yeah. what we are being sent here to do. So we yeah. have homework to finish. So once we come here, we have to study how these people do it, how, how they have all this amazing stuff, and just take it back home. And then yeah. until we get our own, we can even... Just copy what they're doing and then pasting it there as long as it's helping our society and uplifting people. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love how you made the analogy of doing your homework. That's really clever. I'm going to use that, Nude. I'm going to steal it. Is that all right? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So what is next for you then? You graduate this, well, uh, it will be next year, right? In 2020? Yes. And then you go back home to Ethiopia? Um, I'm not really sure if I'm going to go in 2020 or maybe 2021. As I said, it's a long-term game that that we have to strategize and then, you know, execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I'm going to end up in my own country. I have to go back home. I miss home. I miss my family. I miss my brothers, sisters, my, my friends, the food, everything. Injera. So, you miss Injera. Injera, exactly. Yeah, I miss Injera. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I don't know when it's going to be, and I hope it's 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 just you know I hope it's going to be earlier than later, sooner mm. than later. But yeah, I mean, I have the patience to do what, and I believe I have the patience to to to. Uh, I, I can I can pay the sacrifice to whatever I want to go. So patience is one of the sacrifices I think. So. Mm. If, takes me 10 years or 20 years as long as what I'm doing is helping my community mm-hmm. to get somewhere I'm going to have to do that and then maybe I might go to Ethiopia next year mm-hmm. maybe in five years 10 years it's mm-hmm. really I'm not really sure but yeah we'll see where Etok will take us and do you believe that you will always be sort of wherever you're based let's say in a few years or hypothetically speaking you go back home to ethiopia do you believe you'll always be back and forth in china like you'll always have a relationship with china because of your business definitely definitely not yeah. just not just the business but uh, 
I mean, um, China's been our second home. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in China for years now. So China, uh, even if I don't have anything to do with, with China, I'd really mm-hmm. love to come and visit China because there's also, um, it's so similar with what I saw growing up back home. Mm-hmm. It's traditional, it's the old things, the, the having their own characters and like being so proud about being Chinese. I really value those things from, from the Chinese people. So even if I never had any any business to do with China, I'd, I would love to come and visit. Yeah, and I love traveling. Mm-hmm. So I would love to travel to everywhere in Africa and everywhere in the world as well. Yeah, you got to come to the Caribbean. Oh, I really would love to. That's everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't think anybody wants to come to the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, <trust me. laughs> Caribbean is. Mm, right. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, it was great to speak with you. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank and you so- I wish you continued success. Thank you with so. everything that you'll be doing. I mean, you're only 22. My goodness. What else? I mean, what else is there for you to do? Like at this stage, you're 22. You, you know, you have the, you're getting the degree. You've started the business. You know, I think it's so brilliant that you can be so young and just like know what you want to do and start a business and be so focused. I think that is such a blessing nude because so many people don't have that. There's so many people who just don't know what they want to do, who they don't know who they are, they don't know what they want. And and that's one of the things that you said that you need to be successful. And I agree with that. And I think that to know very early on, like what you want to do, that's great. And that gives you an incredible amount of focus. And you don't waste a lot of time, you know, like, it's just like, okay, I know where I'm going. and I know what I'm doing. And that's really cool. Exactly. And thank you so much for, for the compliments. And uh, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to to <laughs> I, I to know what I want to do and just take the risk and then jump on it. But also, I'm blessed enough to know that I'm blessed to do all those stuff, if that makes sense. Because I have a yes. lot of friends, and I just want to motivate people to do to do their own stuff. I want them to just listen to themselves and then do something, but not do what 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 someone else did or what. Let's say maybe I I might have. I might be very successful, and I, but not necessarily. I don't want people to start whatever I did. Like it's not uh, one formula. It's not uh, yeah. a linear thing to do. So I just want people to listen to whatever is inside. Just take time mm-hmm. and then focus on whatever they're doing. Yeah, and yeah. thank you so much, John. Yeah, I think what you said before is like self awareness. You're aware that you that you are blessed. There are people who aren't. <laughs> Sure. They don't realize the situation that they're in, like it's quite a privilege or 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 that there's something different. So that's good to have that that incredible insight. So thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. I wish you continued success. And I guess in a few years, maybe I'll come to Ethiopia. I'll see what you've got going on. You can come back on the show. You'll be like a millionaire then. <laughs> and um, yeah, it'll be cool. Thank you so much. Thank you I, so I, much. And I'll be able to say I knew him before he was who he is now. <laughs> yes, you definitely. Yeah. I tell everybody that. <laughs> yeah, you too. We have documents, so you can just show our podcast and everybody would believe. No problem. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, see, see, I had him. He was 22. Nobody <laughs> knew who he was. The first yes. yes. <laughs> Is this your first podcast? Yeah, but I've had interviews and different stuff but podcast yeah and i really love podcast like it's it's just free form you know just talking i I really love it and this is my first podcast so thank you so Ah, much nice it was you mentioned kizzy kizwalo he was the first interview it was his first as well and he was quite excited he's like oh my gosh i've never done this before i was like yeah it's chill i mean every podcast is different but mine is mine is it reflects my style so it's quite chill it's just general conversation i love it yeah and (laughs) i'll be back maybe he said, "If after I became a millionaire or maybe a billionaire sometime, you know. <laughs> You're always welcome. You can come anytime before. I like to have guests more than once because since I interview entrepreneurs in the early stages of their business, that means there's so much more for them to go. And so much can happen in two years, three years, four years of starting a business, five years. So it'll be good for you to come back again at some point to just see how things have uh, progressed and transformed. Definitely. And I would really love to come. 
Awesome. I love to come, yes. Okay, awesome. All right, Nude, take care. You too. Thank you so much, John. And bye for now. Okay, bye. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.